DJ Jarvis are here. The two creators, or two of them anyway, for for fantasy's sake. Good morning and welcome to For Fantasy's Sake, presented by Clint's Draft House Pizza and Grill. It's week 14. I'm DJ Jarvis. Today I'm joined by Mr. Joe. Don't talk crap in the handshake line, Winkle. Don't and, do it. And Mr. Chris, I'm going to steal your Christmas presents. I could have done way better on that. Yeah, Grinchy Grinch. Grinch. You're a mean one, Mr. Chris. Ooh, that wasn't bad. Wow. That wasn't, Joe, that's like peak. Just like throwing pipes. Yeah. Yeah, that's like peak, man. I try. I try. No, we're not going to. Here, here's a real quick question for you, too. Should, do you guys think the handshake line should be abolished? Yes. I think I think that should be mandatorily. It should be abolished. I think it's cool if after the game, I think the coaches should shake hands. But, you know, and if players after the game go and dap each other up, yeah, like in I the NFL the, and in college. Yeah, the NFL has it right um, where the coaches kind of just shake hands. And then if you want to, like, trade jerseys. But then in, even in high school and, and college, you kind of find that scenario where somebody might start a little beef um, if, you, <laughs> if you allow that. And maybe reality, MLB just has it right. The winning team shakes each other's hands and the losing team just goes back to their clubhouse. Right. Yeah. I think college is where it starts to get fringy a little bit because you've got people who are competing at a high level and those who aren't going on to, you know, the NBA at some point are going to probably be very upset about the way they got treated during a game or something like that. So I, I think you're right. I think high school it fits there because it has the right feel to it in college. It should be up to player discretion. Well, yeah. I mean, think about last night. I don't know if you, you boys, I know Joe did cause Joe's a degenerate, but the army Navy game, the, the I actually didn't watch the army Navy game. I put it in my sinister six, but I did not. Yeah. The kid for Navy fumbles at the goal line. Uh, to basically, in overtime, give the ball to Army, uh, who kicks field goal to win, and that kid was just devastated. And I don't want to make that kid now, <laughs> especially with the field goal kicker, who just – I mean, because Army, Navy, you know, that's their game. Uh, that's, like, their thing. They're, they don't win a whole lot of games. I mean, Army was 6-6 six and six this year, so uh, they'll go to a bowl. But, you know, this is, like, their big game, and that kid uh, got, you know – 
Hey, they've had some years where it's both one of them have it, it's rare that they're both good, but usually there's a year where one of them is between six and ten wins. Yeah. Yeah. They they're ranked or something like that. It's never aesthetically pleasing, but you, you watch it for some reason. Chris isn't a fan of CTE ball. How dare you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, boys. Let's get the get the show on the road. I, I do want to tell anybody who's who's tuned in early. Uh, we will have uh, a guest today, um, Mr. Chris Robin. He's on Twitter. He's going to come on. Uh, we're, no Brian today, so uh, Chris is going to be our DFS expert here. So, all right. So our first topic today on fantasy Twitter, fantasy Tinder, Twitter Tinder. You know, Twinder. I'm a little rusty. I'm a little DJ rusty. got branding in there. Yeah, I know. I know. DJ takes a week off for the first time ever. He comes back with Twinder. I know. Maybe and a nice. At least he's got a nice haircut. Yeah, you know. Shout out to my barber lining me up real nice. Make me look. Yeah, DJ, nice put a plug in there. We'll get another sponsor. Yeah, and- my bar, my barber Brittany Anderson, the Lions man in Rock Island. She's been cutting my hair uh, for 16 years. So that ad just wrote itself, DJ. Come on now. Yeah, there we go. exactly. And Chris has the third best goatee on the show. <laughs> yeah, Chris might have. On it. I shaved last night. I could have actually had a beard of some roots. Not really a beard, but kind of. Joe and I, if you add up, Joe and I have uh, more hair on our face than any one of us has on our head. So I don't know, DJ. You still got a pretty good, you know, shag going like, on up there. Shaved a good amount of it off to this weekend. So it looks good, though. It does. It does. Shout out again to Brittany. She's she, she's the goat. All right. So speaking of the goat, this guy plays the goat. Brock Purdy is going to be more than irrelevant this week. I just don't like what Brock Purdy has to offer. You saw in his last year in college, his profile just fell like a rock. It was it was somebody who you were thinking could get drafted in the second or third round. And for him to be Mr. Irrelevant, I think he got a good gauge of where teams valued him at. Now, he does have one of the very best coaches in the league behind him, and I think that can propel him to success. Is it going to be fantasy football success, though? I don't know about that. Yeah, on a, when you look at the fantasy football aspect of it, no. I mean, he he's not – it's nothing you want to – Again, it's one of those situations if you're stuck with Brock Purdy, you're kind of you're in a hellhole. But here's the thing that when you actually look at it from an analytical point of view, he was comfortable. And that's the thing that I took away from last week is that he was he went in there confident, had some swagger to him, didn't look like the moment was too big. So that was a big game. Now it's usual that you actually see the backup that comes in after an injury it's not it's not it's not crazy to see them come in and actually be successful because it's like they got nothing to lose but now you got a week of tape now you're actually the starter different circumstances this week will be very telling on we're going to find out if the Niners are Super Bowl caliber today they've got the roster but it's the 252nd pick of the draft slinging you know making it happen for them you're down to your third string quarterback at this point. 
I'm confident that somewhere, somebody in a super flex league in an important week this week is starting Tyler Huntley and Brock Purdy. Very confident that that's a fact. Very well, well. Could be. Wouldn't you rather be going with Matt White at this point? Mike White, yeah. yeah. White Mike. Mike. I'm sorry, yeah. White Lotus. But the team seems to love him. Do you think there's any real long-term value to that? Because it's the quarterback of the New York Jets. At some point, they're going to be spending draft capital on him. Is he a guy to just get you through a season, or does he have actual long-term value? Because he's put up 300 yards last two weeks, one of it coming against the Bears. The Bears' defense doesn't exist, or they only exist in the mind. But last week, you saw kind of he's got that – it's not like a backup mentality, but the difference between an elite NFL quarterback and a guy who gets you through a game is can they score touchdowns? And White last week, he moved the ball between the 20s, but then they broke down when it came to putting the ball in the end zone and punching it in. He had to get in on a QB sneak. He wasn't throwing it in with any sort of like consistency. I think we need to see that from him in order for there to be long-term value there. I, I, I agree with that real quick, and I just wanted to note. I do believe, though, there was some stuff last week with some of their play calling in the red zone that I didn't really that I didn't like, but I did like how that they kind of just chipped away and chipped away and gave themselves a chance instead of just being dumb and just going for countless fourth downs. Um, they just had a couple, you know, and again, and here and if Braxton Berrios catches that ball mm-hmm. on their second to last drive, do they win? You know, so that's the thing too. But I I understand what you're saying there too, to an extent. I think and, that there's a below or an above zero uh, percent opportunity or a chance here um, that the Jets go after Lamar Jackson. Okay, it's that all. It's all on the Ravens. Do the Ravens tag him? Do the Ravens what if they do? What kind of tag do they give him? And then or. If the Jets just pony up all their draft picks and say, screw it, because that's where they're at the stage where they can get away with that because of how good the rest of their roster is. They just have to stay healthy. They have to have their their two best alignment are currently hurt. Three, their three best alignment are currently hurt. And they're, they they lost their two top. They lost their top running back and then they lost the or, you know, they lost their two top running backs. Then the one they traded for. So if those guys can be healthy next year, you go out and send a couple ones for Lamar. Now you're cooking. <clears throat> well, and I think Garrett Wilson hasn't really gotten his due because Chris Olave was somebody that was identified as going to be a fantasy game changer. Um, Wilson didn't really have that kind of resume coming in, but he's kind of one of those just sneaky guys, similar to Terry McLaurin where he comes out of Ohio state. We think it's just another Ohio state wide receiver, but then he has this really good career in front of him. They put up comparable numbers. And I just think that uh, people don't value him as much as they do Olave. Cause Olave is somebody that we, we all saw coming, but Wilson is somebody that kind of snuck up on it. Wilson will have a chance to finish with a thousand yards. And that's after, and that's pretty much, 
doing nothing when, when Zach Wilson was playing. So that'll be pretty impressive. All right. Speaking of nothing, maybe Wilson. I don't know. No segue here. Uh, you talked about the Jets running backs, I guess, would be the segue. Can we trust any Seahawks running back this week? So no. that's going to be Travis Homer and Tony Jones Jr. No. Probably not. I mean, if you're if you if you're trying to handcuff, you could maybe do Homer because he's a guy that actually does get touches on a semi regular basis. Uh, but yeah, they'll probably it'll probably be in the throwing game today for them. I just feel like Homer. We already know what's what his deal is. He's gonna get like a couple touches but he's not a game breaker of any sort so maybe he falls into the end zone but now you're banking on a maybe he falls into the end zone and maybe somebody doesn't scavenge touchdowns off of him too because you're talking about two different guys in that situation already so it's not like it's homer's gonna be the one who gets to punch the ball in the end zone here it's they've got options especially in the red zone with DK out there. I will be completely transparent. I am starting Travis Homer in a league this week, but that's because you're a Homer DJ. Ooh, Homer at heart. He's a Homer. To be fair, to be fair, I am starting him over Jarek McKinnon. So well that's just logic. Why would you willingly start a Chiefs running back? My running back situation is what I would consider not great. So are you RB zero? Is that what you're going with? Um, DK well, is you're just you know, bare knuckling it out there, trying to fight your way through, grabbing guys off the wire. My number one running back was Aaron Jones, who was on a bye, and my number two quarterback or number two running back um, was AJ Dillon, who plays on the same team. So that also means that he's on a bye. Um, but you also, it's in the Scott Fishbowl um, where you start eleven guys. Um, so uh, Things are very, very slim here, and you don't have to start a kicker, and I am starting a kicker because of the way my team looks. Um, but, but we are also starting Patrick Mahomes and Geno Smith, so nice. Could could be doing worse. You could be. Could do much, what? much worse. Though you could the Mahomes numbers today. I don't know. Weird yeah. game. Well, I'm not going to start Deshaun Watson over him. No. So. Hey, I'm starting Mahomes and Watson in my first playoff game today. Well, that, I'll pray for you. Hey, man. This, it's either Watson or Daniel Jones. Well, the bye conspired against me this week, and DJ knows about it, because I had Alvin Kumara, I've got Robinson, and i got Algier all on the bye this week. So it's a short roster to begin with, so now I'm scrambling to try to just plug in guys. Yeah, Chris is definitely starting Matt Burita and uh, Kenneth well, Gainwell. Kenneth Gainwell. I was going to say Wendell Smallwood, but I'm not even sure he's in the league anymore. Good Lord. <laughs> Someone call Stephen Jackson. Yeah, you just got to pull up a guy and hope sometimes. I'm starting a guy in the Scott Fishbowl that doesn't even have a number assigned next to his name. So, What does that mean? Well, it has their jersey numbers next to them. Oh, I mean, he doesn't have a jersey number? I don't think they've updated it because it's 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 Zonovan Knight. So, I mean, he's going to play. So, 
Desperate times, desperate measures. Desperately desperate. All right, next topic here. Will Tyler Huntley be a top 20 option this week? No. That's Steelers defense. Yeah. As as we'll get to later, uh, spoiler alert, that game has the that game is gonna be bowling shoe ugly as they as they call it. Shout out to Jim Ross. Uh like you're going, just not gonna get going to under the, there, or what are you doing? Yeah, that if I know it's a low number, but I mean, the only score that I think is logical that'll beat you will be 27, 20 to seventeen, and we'll get obviously we'll break that down more later. But like that's just <clears throat> the only thing that would that that you know you can really hope for is like goal line touchdowns, maybe with him if they when if and when they get there, like. Just look at how last week went, and it's probably going to be kind of similar to today. I think that's kind of Harbaugh's MO is in these situations. And you got to see a lot of it last year, too, where when you have a backup in there, you're going to let him play to his strengths. And I think with Huntley, there are a few, but it's not enough to have the full range of motion with the playbook. So you're going to try to just let them um, try to to play smart football and do what you do well. And that's not – it's Army-Navy again, where it's not aesthetically pleasing, but if it can get you through the game and you're going to do what you do well and play to your strengths, you hope that's going to be enough to get you a W and get you out of there. It's not going to be a fantasy game, that's for sure. Can I ask a random quarterback question about my boy JF1? What did he rob like a children's hospital or something this weekend in Chicago? Because why are people talking about the Bears drafting a QB on Twitter the last two days? They're on a bye and everyone's losing their minds. Probably the timeliness of the interceptions of the last few weeks, I think, has started that kind of churn and I think also Chicago Bears fans don't have the history of having a quarterback develop and understanding what that development looks like because the churn at that position has been so outrageous and just buck wild the last forever so since McMahon let's go with that it's just the fact that we don't understand as Bears fans, what it looks like to watch somebody develop. And you look at the Bears, they're the top team when it comes to explosive plays. Rushing yards over 10 yards. Passing yards over 20 yards. A lot of that is Justin. Yeah. It's all coming from one thing. And it's new for Bears fans because you look back to what they were in the past, and it was run, run, incompletion, punt. Mm-hmm. And you knew what was going to happen on every series. And maybe they get lucky and you have somebody like Thomas Jones, who's going to have a breakout year or something like that. But when now they have these explosive plays and there's, they're in these games late. I think that it, we just don't understand what that development looks like. And they're pinning a lot of blame on those late turnovers. Fair enough. Great explanation. 
I, I hope it's not true. That's, no. that's the only thing I can come up with. Good job there, Brad Underwood. Uh, that no, that I, I I just seen people talk about drafting a QB the last two days, and I'm like, what are you talking? And it's not like dialed in people; it's just idiots. I'm like, yeah. what are we talking about? You That's need something case. to, you need something to spin the content wheel that bad, man. Come on now, <laughs> watch the games. I'm all about the booty. I'm hoping they get the booty this year. The booty. Go for the booty in the draft. Who? Who's the booty? I'm so booty. lost. Oh, the receiver? You know yes. Not at pick need... two. Well, they're not going to get pick two. Yeah, they are. They're going to accident their way into some wins. They're... That's the Bears' way. Ow! Dude, look at their schedule. I Who know. are they beating? They're... They should have They should have won last week. That would have been the most Bears thing of all time. No, they, they, they should have a couple wins. They should have beat Detroit. They got jobbed. They probably that... should beat Minnesota. They no. They that was accidentally beat Minnesota somehow. Smith Marset Smith Marset was yeah. Playing. Yeah, I know. Smith Marset who's going to score two tutters today for the Chiefs. Could you imagine? Um, but no, they should have beat Minnesota or they should have beat Detroit. They got screwed. That pick that that pick that Sam Warren had that took it all the way back, and then they called a yeah, horrendous the call, and yeah, then the Lions game. scored two plays later. They could have um, also run a under center QB sneak against the Packers, even though they did score on that QB sneak. Oh, what in week two? Yeah, Monday night. Yeah, the and last week they should have won, but literally every time they got into the red zone, they literally put the offense in reverse. They called a tankerific game on offense last week. Like we're gonna do all these that. things that are fun, and then we're gonna intention. It's like they last week felt like they intentionally threw it in. I was like, okay, whatever. But dude, they got the Eagles, Bills, and then the um who that oh they played the I think they play the Lions again. But well, and then, the, to your point, Joe, maybe they go out and they get somebody who's a game changer on defense because you yeah. em- emptied the coffers on defense now. You need somebody who can be a leader on that side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Eddie Jackson is not that person. But um No, and their secondary is good. They're good. gonna get a D lineman in the, at two. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I think uh, they're going to spend money on uh, offense, offensive stuff and defense. Now, whether they take Jalen Carter or Will Anderson, whether they take Jalen Carter or Will Anderson at at two is going to depend on if they throw the bag at Deron Payne, which I'm starting to kind of want them to do, because that's what the Eberflus defense is like built off of is a good three tech. So whether they go out and get an edge rusher in free agency or a three technique, they're going to get that will determine whether they get Anderson or Carter at two. But that's where they're going to go. I do not want them to trade out. Hey, get one of those two hey, high level defense play players. This week. I'm just saying. I know. I wanted to throw that out there. You go ahead, does, DJ. You know who does play this week? Mike Williams. Are we putting him back in our lineups? No. I he's too volatile to trust. I just he, never have trusted Mike Williams at any point. I had him as an owner, and I was like, last year, at the start of the year, I was like, oh, I'm a genius because I've got Mike Williams, and he's ready to break out, and he's got all the intangibles. He's big, and he's fast, and then he disappeared. So if you want to either have a 20 or a zero, and you can leverage that, if you're going all or none, which a lot of people probably are this week, go with that. But if you need consistency, there's no way you put him in your lineup. Will he last longer than he did against the Chiefs? You got to hope for his sake. 
Yeah. Speaking, that will not for me. I mean, I lo- I mean, good guy what, and whatnot. What is but the injury though? So he's got like a really bad sprained ankle. Yeah. Okay. So those kind of things probably aren't going to get better. I mean, he's going to get good enough to play, but is he going to get better? Probably not until he has an off season under his belt. So that's going to be something where even if he's out there, he's going to be a little bit gimpy from time to time. Yeah. When he'll have a super limited role tonight. Speaking of consistent, DJ and his transitions, those are consistent. Do we think that by the end of the year, total scores that Travis Kelsey is going to crack the top 10 in score PPR scoring? Where's is he close now? He's like at 12. Who's he got a pass? Do we have a list? Yeah, let me get a let me get a list here for you. Just just blind thought, Joe, here, why I get this pulled up. I would say probably I would just say I would say hmm. I'll say I'll no. Say, yeah. Actually I will say no because I'm gonna get guess that the guys in front of him will be hard to pass or there will be a gap. Yeah, there's too many scoring options in Kansas City. I think the spreading out of the scoring will hurt him more than the consistency of the other guys, which is kind of why Joe's asking for the list. So okay, they're going to score, whereas he could potentially not score because they have more options. He is 12, but only 17 points above Christian McCaffrey. He's 10 points behind Justin Fields. He's 17 points behind Josh Jacobs, 17 points behind Justin Jefferson, and 20 points behind Tyreek Hill. And it's PPR? Yeah. He could could pass Fields in the next two weeks, even because they're playing the Eagles and Bills back-to-back. Yeah. And that could get ugly. Like those are going to probably be the two worst Bears games since the first month of the season. Right. Yeah, I think that they'll spread the ball out more down the stretch because they don't want that high usage on Kelsey. They need him in the playoffs. So playoffs? why why open him up to more hits that he's going to have to take? You want to talk about playoffs? We're just trying to beat the Bengals. Yeah. Though I'll say this, the Chiefs are going to have some matchups down the stretch here where he could have. That's what I'm thinking. Gaudy numbers, like he could have dumb numbers against the Seahawks and the Raiders. Yeah, he could go nuclear and the Texans. Oh yeah, and the Texans. I forgot. And that Raiders game week 18, they're probably going to have to play everybody because they're going to need it if they want the one seed. And and they do. Yeah, why wouldn't you? With annual Patrick Mahomes open, we need it. You want to have? Do you want to go to Buffalo or Miami in, in the AFC title Miami. game, or do you want to post it again? You need to buy Miami more than anything. What'd you say, DJ? I'd rather go to Miami than Buffalo. Well, I'm just saying those are going to be the three teams fighting for the one seed, right? So, I mean, who? That's maybe, why. Maybe the Bears or no, team. even Cincinnati. Cincinnati's right there. Uh, if Cincinnati wins out, they they could have it because they still got Buffalo, and they'll own the tiebreaker over everyone. You know, the, so, Chiefs have, the Chiefs haven't won in Cincinnati from 40 years. It's cool. I know. Oh, let's head to commercial. What? No, I just... I haven't won in 40 years in Cincinnati? That's yeah. a thing. Yeah, is that legit? 
It's been like 1983. Jesus Christ. You're supposed to be playing ads now, DJ. Take that. This episode is brought to you by Clint's Draft House Pizza and Grill in Moline and Davenport. Chase away your Sunday scaries at Clint's Draft House Pizza and Grill this season. Located in the Belgium neighborhood of 7th Street in Moline, Clint's Draft House Pizza and Grill is home to some of the Quad City's best food and drink specials. On Sunday, there's no better place to be. Clint's is serving up 75-cent wings and $4 Bloody Marys all day. And is your favorite team playing in those out-of-market games? Well, you'll never miss a second of the action on one of their 10 screens with NFL Sunday Ticket. And after you've had your wing and bloody fix, finish off your football-watching experience with one of their famous Quad City-style pot pizzas. And folks, they know pizza. They've been spinning QC-style pies for the last 22 years. So make Clint's part of your Sunday football routine. Clint's Draft House, Pizza and Grill, 7th Street in Moline. And also, Clint's is now serving up their famous pizza and fried chicken on the Iowa side of the river as well. Clint's Pizza House and Chicken opens up daily at 4 p.m. so everyone in the Quad Cities can enjoy their QC-style pizza and Henny Penny fried chicken. That's Clint Pizza House and Chicken, 7th Street Moline, and 1601 West 3rd Street in Davenport. This episode is brought to you by The Corner Tap. Who doesn't need a solid handcuff on their fantasy squad? Grab a bite to eat at Clint's Draft House while watching the noon games, and then head on over across the Moline-Rock Island border to The Corner Tap for some libations during the 3 o'clock games. Every Sunday is fun day at The Corner Tap with $3 Tall Boys, Bloody Marys, Jack Daniels, and $2 PBR drafts. Head into the corner tap, 4018 14th Avenue, Rock Island, and get into the end zone. This episode is brought to you by the... We are back. Well, I'm back. Joe's ne- Joe never left, and uh, I don't know. Chris must have got lost on the casting couch somewhere. Oh, God. I do want to give a shout out, as always, after the first set of commercials. Our, we did do our shopping for the For Fantasy Sake uh, Choice for Tots trip last week. Uh, we raised over uh, $1,000, uh, which was awesome. Thank you to the employees at uh, Walmart uh, on Elmore for their generosity, helping us uh, through everything there. Um, Thank you to the uh, Route 96 Boutique uh, for their donation to help us get over that $1,000. Uh, you know, just thank you to everybody for participating in that. I do want to give a shout out uh, to our top scorers from last week. The top scoring uh, non-celebrity was Zach Lamphere in the Sheets division. He put up 174.22 points. And the top scoring player overall from last week was myself. At 187.58 points. Uh, the playoffs do start this week in that league. Uh, it's kind of a goofy setup uh, to where uh, the top 24, 23 scorers uh, throughout the six leagues all made the playoffs. Uh, they're going to be the top eight move on to next week where they will meet the top two seeds from each division. Uh, basically, had uh, top score goes on. Uh, to the next round each week. So until we have a winner in week 18. 
How about it? So hopefully that uh, winner is me, but who knows? Probably not. I try. All right. A quick game of uh, Would You Rather here. And I thought this first one would be kind of fun because it's the battle of Mr. Irrelevant. Who would you rather have, Brock Purdy or Ryan Suckup? <laughs> Does Purdy already have the claim to the best Mr. Irrelevant of all time after beating a you know top seven team in the league? I think it's still Ryan Suckup. Maybe the belt's on the line this week. The I mean the linear the linear Mr. Irrelevant belt is on the line. Yeah, the linear NFL belt still with the Browns. Let's see if the Bengals can reclaim it. I'll go with Ryan Suckup. <laughs> yeah, let's. I'll give. I'll. 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 I'll uh, take Brock. Brock Lobster. Hey Chris, quick apology to your fantasy teams. Uh, Saquon Barkley is active. Thanks, DJ. My, my sources did not. Hey, dude, I'm just trying to help you. Thanks, uh, thanks for my teams because I have them. In both. I'm not, I'm not playing them. No, no, I'm not playing them. I, Why? I, I, I don't explain. have a choice. I know. All explain, right, I'll play. you guys twisted my arm. I mean, in one league where I have them, I'm starting Christian McCaffrey, Ramondre Stevenson, and Deontay Foreman. I mean, my running backs are still pretty good there. Yeah, you could get away with not starting them there. All right, would you rather Trevor Lawrence or Deshaun Watson? Rest of the season or just in general? Just in general. <sighs> general salute. I'll go with um, the opposite of Watson. So right now, you'd probably, even not right now, he looked bad last week, but that was to be expected. Um, you'd probably say Watson. At least I would say Watson, because at his peak, you know what he is, which is one of the eight best guys at worst in the league, probably closer to five best guys in the league. Um, but the goal, the thing is, Lawrence, it will be there eventually. So Watson right now, Trevor Lawrence, holler at me in 12, like in nine months. Holler at me in September. I still think Lawrence has all the ability in the world. Um, oh yeah, he's been awesome this year. Yeah, so I'm I'm totally down with that. I, I I just think he needs like a real weapon, a real toy there to play with. So once he gets that that guy who's just a straight up killer, I think we'll see him take off. Yeah, I'd love for them to go after a wide receiver one level guy in the draft, though. I think. Where they're going to end up, they're probably going to go best DB, best DB available, which is what I would do. Makes sense. All righty. The next one. Would you rather Raheem Mostert or Jarek McKinnon? I can't say his name, so I'm going with Jarek McKinnon. <laughs> Moistert. Moistert. I can't do it. Can't do it. Moistert. I'm going to say Mostert. I think McKinnon, it's too hit or miss. And Mostert has shown the ability, plus on a team that actually cares about running the ball. Just being real, just being, just being honest. DJ's doing all sorts of sight gags over there. I love it. That's his gimmick. Would you rather Jerry Judy or Debo Samuel? Debo. He looks way cooler. Debo rocks. Per- 
rocks blinged out chains. Debo raps Kodak Black walking out to the field where they have a big boombox. I don't know if they've done that this year, but what's Jerry Judy got? Mr. Unlimited as his teammate. That star David necklace because people call him Joe. You don't remember that from the combine? Uh uh-uh. uh. Somebody asked him about a star David necklace and they said, I'm not, he said, I'm not Jewish. I wear this because people call me Jew. It's very, very not, very, uh, not appropriate, but no, that's wild. Very wild. Good job, Jerry. Jerry. Yeah. Trust the quarterback situation. And one of those, uh, yeah, I those trust Brock, Brock Purdy more. I, trust Brock, I don't like Brock Purdy and I trust Brock Purdy more right now. Who do you like? Mr. Yeah. Mr. Irrelevant or Mr. Unlimited? Mr. I have more toilets than touchdowns. Bingo. Yeah. Oh, he's going to torch the Chiefs today, and I'm going to cry. That would be hilarious. I'm sorry, but that would be hilarious. DJ, he still has that coach on his sideline. I don't think you have to worry about that. Kellen Moore for Broncos coach next year. Interesting take. You heard it here second. No, that's your first for me. I've not heard that. I don't know who you stole that from, but that's something. Week 14, QB1. Here's the thing about Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore, I think, would be a good coach if he was ever, like, filmed on the sideline with his mouth closed. I swear to God, I've never seen the dude with his mouth closed. I don't know he's capable of it. Always. Always trout mouth. Every single time. Realistically, in my head, you got to think the Chargers job's open. Yep. The Cardinals. Hot job. What they're gonna fire Cliff Kingsbury, but he's a genius. Maybe the Broncos. He's a genius. The Saints so much. Saints. If they could afford to fire him, the Raiders. The Panthers. The Panthers. Yep. So Josh McDaniels has lost two this year. He's lost to Baker Mayfield. And he lost to Jeff Saturday. Jeff Saturday, who said after the next week's game that he didn't take timeouts because he didn't think they were important. The Texans' job. Yes. Let Lovey cook one more year because they're just going to. The Falcons' job. Actually, I lied. Don't let Lovey cook. I need a good coach for Bryce Young. I lied. Probably Josh McCown goes to, to Houston. Then you have. D'Amico Ryans. He's have, getting a job. If he does, if D'Amico Ryans doesn't get a job, something is wrong. You have Eric Bieniemy. He won't get a job. You have no. You have Kellen Moore. You have Mike Kafka. And you have Sean Payton. That's more of a dark horse, I would say. I think, but Payton's- you also have to throw some college names in there because that's what happens every year. I think Peyton's going to be the Chargers coach next year. I think there, there's a better than even chance. All right, we're going to head to commercial. When we get back, uh, Joe's going to talk about some stuff. Joe didn't read the shot sheet and didn't know he's on yet. I didn't know. We're doing that over the QB1 stuff? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Week 14, QB1s. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Uh... Oh, we're still doing this? Uh, you threw it to break, DJ. No, he didn't. 
he tried. He tried. And then he, he but then I reminded him. Then I reminded him the order of the show. Look at look at this production value he's dropping out here. Week we're going 14. to break. No, we're not. Oh, Week... here's some Chiron. Oh, it doesn't work. Week fourteen, QB one. Oh, uh, uh, Josh Allen. <sighs> Jalen Hurts. Mm. Yeah, I'll go with my favorite quarterback's dad, Joe Burrow. <laughs> wow. Week fourteen RB one. Week fourteen RB one. Let's go with Derrick Henry. He owns the Jags. Mm-hmm. No, your favorite professional wrestling manager's dad owns the Jags. I wanted to go with Henry too, but for sake of keeping it different. Let's go with Saquon. Saquon surprised me. If Brian would have said it, he'd have been like, "Yeah, I agree with Brian." I agree. I'll, I'll go Ramondre Stevenson. Week fourteen, okay. wide receiver one. Tyreek Hill with a uh, bullet. Justin Jefferson because they don't have anybody who can cover him. Um, I'll go with. Legarius needs dad Jamar Chase. Yeah, that's that's a fact. And wider or tight end one for week fourteen. I'm speaking this into existence because I need it, and this isn't because I want the Chiefs to lose. But Greg Dolchich, please. I respect it. I've gotten three straight weeks of zero points from tight ends. I now need I'm gonna, it. I'm going to go with the Lord's tight end one, Travis Kelsey. I mean, yes, obviously he is, but I just I just needed to will it into existence. Since Zach Ertz got hurt, tight end has basically been as useful as this water bottle on my fantasy team. It's been as useful as Blake Ringer at Menards. Hey, man, shout out to Blake. <laughs> he makes it happen. Chris, who you got? In more ways than one. Is Greg Dolce Cheech? Dolce Yeah, that's what Joe just said. You agree with Joe? I need to no. – I need – I, I need that. to let it rip, man. I've I, got. I don't like his last name. It it messes my head too much. It's like a moisture thing. I've gotten uh, like four and a half points for my. T- I've gotten four and a half points for my tight ends in like a month. Who'd you say, Chris? Hawk. All right, big Hawk. Revenge game. Yeah. Let's Gotta take it him back. Saw. Today's episode is brought to you by Kavanaugh's Hilltop Bar in Rock Island. It's the place to be every Sunday this football season. Barbecue Chris will be in the house every week smoking the place up with his amazing menu or mouth-watering barbecues. Cavies will have every game on inside and outside their numerous TV screens. Plus, you can play their adult video games, and they have the loosest slots around. Check out Kavanaugh's Hilltop Bar, 1228 30th Street in Rock Island. Joe, when I used to have to read that Kavanaugh spot, I would be so concerned with pronouncing the word slots correctly, I would mess up every other word. Well, if you can't tell, if you can't tell when I did that, uh, there was definitely like a break in the recording, and I restarted the recording when I said they have the loosest slots around. Because um, when I first read it, I didn't read it, and I saw that, and I like died. I was like, wait, what? That's a Video bar. edit. Oh, yeah. 
All right, Joe. It's time. Where are you I'm losing hoping. your money this week? Where are we losing our money? Listen, dude, what are you talking about? We were we are hot. Listen, we had a bad week a couple weeks ago. Um, but we, four out of our last five, four out of our last five weeks, we didn't Thanksgiving doesn't count because we didn't put any picks out other than the couple I put out on Facebook. Um, your boy was really sick, so give me a break. Uh but four of the last five weeks, we have had four and two weeks. And last week should have been five and one, but Andy Reid, you know, turned he he went into like Harden mode on Pokemon when you're defending. And instead of it was weird, very weird moment. Why are you not going for it on fourth down with the greatest player ever? They kicked soccer the is big right now, Joe. He parked the bus. Go he, with park, that. he parked the bus, kind of, sorta. I just don't get it. Harrison, but he he kicked that. He chose he chose to kick a field goal, and it cost us the over because that was five and one. Um, kind of ripped away from us. Regardless, this week we're feeling good. We've got a nice plethora of bets. Myself and Nick, uh, once again, on the Sinister Six this week, we laid some stuff out. The Here's the first one. What, what did you? The world's greatest tag team, you and Nick. Yes, we are. Uh, I, don't, I don't know which one of us is Shelton Benjamin, but we'll figure that out. Uh, the Vikings and the Lions. This is a very weird play, and I think I'm on the wrong side of this. Uh so tail Nick here, he put he took the Lions minus one and a half. I took the Vikings at plus two. It's still at plus one and or it's still at one and a half this morning. The Lions are probably the right side. I took the Vikings because of the numbers play because I felt meh, I just don't get it. The Vikings, though, when you actually break down who they play the rest of the year and are, uh, you know, and where their schedule is at, it's like, are they really going to finish 15-2? and two? They're due to lose one of these games. Today's probably the day. Hopefully, though, in my case, they lose by two or less because we can get a push out of it. Um, but in the case of the lot, like, if you want to tell Nick there, he took Lions minus one and a half. That's probably the right side. Okay, now we get into some juice that I feel good about. Holy hell, the Browns have been backed. I took the Browns at five and a half. They own the they own the Bengals. Um, Deshaun's going to be better last week than he was this week than he was last week. I took the Browns at five and a half. It's currently at three and a half, which is wild. Who laid two point five million dollars on the Browns in the points? Or did Joe Burrow like did, did Jamar and T Higgins both get ruled out? That's crazy. Three and a half. Oh God. Um, screw it. Let it rip. We're taking the Browns. The Browns are covering. The Browns are winning today. I think the Browns are still alive, folks. You hate their quarterback, but the Browns are still alive. And he will have at least two moments today that will remind you why he is what he, what, you know, why he is, why the Browns shelled out $7 billion to him worth every penny. All right. Here's a line that actually didn't move. It moved in our favor because of the Saquon stuff. Giants plus seven and a half. Too many points in a division game. Giants at home. This year, these big dogs, when they're playing at home, have covered more, like, really, really high percentage. Giants plus seven and a half. It is closer to kind of perfectly priced than you want, but even now, you're getting the hook. 
You're getting the seven and a half uh, because of some late movement with the Saquon stuff. Uh, definitely would take it. 24 to 17 gets you home. That's probably around where the game will be. Anything closer than that, obviously, we are taking that to the bank. We've got a couple. Uh, we've got one more spread, then we got a couple unders. Uh, the last one, Jets plus the points. Some places you can get 10. Most places you'll see nine and a half. Just again, too many points. The only thing that you worry about is like, are the Bills actually back? Are they starting to get, get it going? But the Jets are good, man. The Jets have a really good defense. Their offense is capable. Yes, it's in Buffalo, but as long as they make they continue to make the Bills one-dimensional, you know, then that's where they're going to be able to tee off. Uh, that That's a huge number to be able to walk through the back door, even if the Bills control most of the game. This could be a, you know, game that the Bills control 90% of, and you still walk away with a 28-20 to 20 game, and you cover because the Jets walk through the back door. Just way too many points, but I think the Jets are going to be feisty be, knowing they don't want to drop another game in that tight AFC wildcard race. And then lastly, we have two unders. Death taxes Broncos under. Chiefs Broncos under 43 and a half. I think that there's just so many scores that get you. As long as the Broncos don't give up 30, which they shouldn't because their defense is still awesome. Um, then this should get home. But as we've said the last couple weeks, and Nick hits the nail on the head, are the Broncos' de defensive players eventually just going to start rolling over? Um, that is a concern, but they had some huge fight last week, and they should have won, but the Broncos are now the Jags, and they just continue to reinvent ways to lose. Good job, Russell Wilson. You're bad at your job. Uh, but under 43 and a half, there's no way that doesn't get you home. And then as we kind of spoiled earlier on the show, under in Pittsburgh, under it's a low number, 36 and a half. But the only real score that you can imagine in that game that will that will ruin you is 20 to 17. It's going to be close. It's going to be a, a, a slog. It's going to be one possession, uh, a one possession game. I wouldn't really lean either way on the uh, uh, on who I would take. It's one and a half in favor of the Steelers. I wouldn't really lean much into it, but 36 and a half, I think, is a great number to get uh, under in that game. Defensive battle. Let's get it. Smells like smells like another gorgeous week in the old Sinister Six. Are there any, as you were going through and looking today, um, I know you're not huge on the props, but are there any any props that kind of stuck out at you? Um, I, I haven't looked too much at actual props, but if you want to do any, you know, some big stuff, uh, I would think um, some running back stuff with the Dolphins, you probably could hit. You could probably hit. Um, another bet, too, that we have on here is uh, – Dolphins and Chargers under 51 and a half. I think that's a that's a Nick play, and I think that's a fantastic play. Um, out of the 12 picks we have here combined, that might be one of my two or three favorites. So uh, I'm mad I didn't think of it. But, yeah, Dolphins running back stuff today. I think they're going to pound the rock against a horrendous Chargers defense against the run. 
Um, so you can probably get some favorable stuff with Mostert and Wilson on some maybe some low lines. Um, I think you could, depending on what you can get with like Derrick Henry, if you want to do some anytime touchdown score stuff, you know, Derrick Henry's probably a good one. Tony Pollard is probably another good one. Pollard and Zeke are probably going to have huge days today. Uh, there's a couple ways too if that Texans Cowboys game that if you want to try to math nerd it out, uh, if you want to parlay like the line and the under, if you think the Cowboys are going to cover, you probably should bet the under because that's how normally those games work. You get a blowout and the under hits. So like 40 to three, which is what they did to the Vikings, that under hits it's 44 and a half. But if the Texans cover, the over is probably going to hit. It's probably going to be something like 24 to 20. Uh, well, I guess that doesn't get you there, but it's something like that. 24-21, if you think they can actually somewhat hang around. The problem, though, is like the Dallas, the Cowboys might only have to score 20 points to cover that game. Well, I guess 20-3 to doesn't get you home, but the Texans are just horrendous. It's, it's, it's a weird math play. It, it's a sharp play to take the Texans in the points today, but that's just some math stuff. Other than that... Um, Trying to think some of some other stuff here that maybe could get you home. If you wanted to t- to t- put some Joe Mixon stuff today, is he back yet or no? Mixon, yeah, he's in play. So you could probably, yeah, definitely would be willing to throw stuff on them because of the Bengals' willingness to run the ball and the Browns' second and third level. Well, their interior defensive line and their linebackers and their safeties are putrid, and uh. <sighs> Vikings, Lions, Jamal Williams, anytime touchdown. He is the touchdown king. He is the greatest touchdown hawk in the history of time. He is the GOAT. All hail Jamal Williams and his touchdown scoring. Just saying. He's got like 50. So apparently Twitter is going to up their character limits from 280 to 4,000. So get me off of Twitter. Um, Let's go. One of the Chris, is there any props that, that you saw that kind of intriguing to you? You know, I think you're probably on to something, DJ, where if you're looking at like a Travis Homer, him going from being a backup to having probably the primary share of those touches, that that might be a good line there. Um, George Pickens had a clunker last week. So I would look for him to rebound a little bit. There's probably some value in there. And like you said, um, historically, the Broncos always show up against the Chiefs. So maybe you're looking to see if there's any lines there that don't make sense. Maybe this is Russell Wilson's uh, I'm still alive dead cat bounce game. (laughs) It's a sharp play, too, to, to... to take the Broncos plus the points. I just don't have the balls to do it. So, Chris, I was kind of on the same train here. I, I think this game could go – I think the Broncos' defense is very good. Let me let me put it that way. Um, but in history and sports of, of my memory, there's three dudes I don't want to play against. In basketball – it's Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan with chips on their shoulder. Perceived. All right. Well, you've got two guys already. Now we're waiting for the third. And it's Patrick Mahomes. Oh, okay. When he feels like he has something to prove. And I think that 
I feel really bad for the rest of the teams on the Chiefs schedule. I, I think this is a scenario where the Chiefs rattle off, they win the rest of the games this year, and Patrick Mahomes just shoves it down everybody's throat. And I think that starts today. Do you think people are like off on Mahomes now after last week? I feel like if that's a take that's around the world, that's just a bad take. I think we see a lot of places where, oh, Patrick Mahomes has had down two games in a row. Um, are Hertz and now Joe Burrow back in the conversation for MVP. Oh, yeah. Well, that's just because they need points to talk about. Right. No, no, I get that. But Patrick Mahomes is the best player on the planet. Absolutely. And, and with a very, quote-unquote, easy schedule the rest of the season, and I think that he just goes hammer and just puts this to rest. And I think and it definitely starts today. Yeah, this is the game I expect them to struggle with the most because it's at Denver. Right. If 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 they if 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 he comes out today and rolls, then it's over. I mean, it's over anyway. But like, if they come, if he comes out and he puts up gaudy numbers and they just blow their doors off, then yeah, we it should not even be a topic. Like, just find new content to talk about. <laughs> Keep trying to make dumb Tua Justin Herbert jokes. Well, here's the thing. You also haven't seen Mahomes really ever pressed during his career. So we don't really know what that looks like because he does make the game look so easy. We don't really know what it looks like when he's, you know, putting in extra effort to really like jab at somebody. That was the thing you're mentioning Kobe and Jordan is you could tell when Kobe and Jordan wanted to make a point about it. Whereas Mahomes, it seems like everything comes very easily to him. Uh, and I know that's him because of his immense talent, making it look easy. But at the same time, we haven't seen him go out there and kind of just put his foot on somebody's throat. Even in the year where they won the Super Bowl, all those games were comeback wins. It was, okay, now we have to make it. We haven't seen him go out and make that point of, I'm going to run it up here because I'm showing everybody I'm the best. It's he's doing these things because he can. And I don't know if that even makes any sense. No, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. And, but he had, and he has had some moments like remember against the Ravens a few years ago, um, he counted out the people that were better than him. He counted oh, out the, the 10. He, well, he did that to the Ravens too. Oh, uh, yeah, he counted to four against the Ravens because Mahomes count- was fourth on the NFL 100. And he and counted, he counted out- to 10 against the Bears. He counted to 10 against the Bears. Nick Wright said hopefully there was a game this year when he count- since he was eighth on the NFL 100 where he scored eight touch where he threw eight touchdowns and counted out eight. That'd be funny. I'd be here for that. All right, let's head to a, a brief commercial. Uh, I believe Chris is supposed to be joining us at the top of the hour. I'm going to send him a message while we play commercials. Um, and then uh, we will uh, be back. In addition to bringing fire on the mic, the team at Four Frequency Sake is still bringing it online as well. Check out fourfantasysakeqc.com this season for college DFS, Survivor League, and betting advice each and every week of this football season again. That is for fantasy sake, QC.com for college DFS, Survivor League, and betting advice each week during the football season.
All right, we are back, and as promised, we are joined uh, by Mr. Chris Robin. Uh, Chris, I think your mic's muted, but let us know first of all uh, where we can find you. Yeah, well, I mute my I mute I mute my mic. Hi, dear. Just so I don't say anything out of line, right? You you brought me in, and what if I was like having a fit and going, "Ah, mother!" I like Clark Griswold, just going nuts here. So I muted on purpose. When I'm not talking, you can find me and all my stuff at Team Riser Fall. All the DFS stuff, the single game slate videos, the bottom of the barrel, a written series, one one uh, positional player a week, and, and we go from there. I mean, DFS is uh you know for fantasy sake here. I mean, DFS is uh. It's in my bones. It's what I love to do. So I'm so glad maybe a year or two ago, I made the full switch. I mean, everybody doing the dynasty content or seasonal content, it got to get to be too much. I was, wasn't even sleeping at night. So I said, you know what, let's go all in on DFS. It's your first love. Uh, and so let's run with it. So thanks for having me here tonight, today, excuse me, it's morning. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I definitely understand, uh, what you're talking about there. And that's one of the things I love about this show. And I'm, I'm been a fan of yours uh, for a few years here since you kind of switched over. Um, you're one of the mainstays uh, on my Facebook feed even. Um, so I really enjoy all of that stuff. Uh, but what, what, one of the things we like to do here is talk a little DFS, talk a little gambling, talk a little um, what's going on in, you know, week 14. So I'm happy to have you. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad Miss Bonnie, she's a legend here, uh, former writer for us and, um, our alumni, our alumni page is huge and Bonnie's on that. So um, thank you for joining us. And I'm going to ask you my very favorite DFS question here. What's your favorite stack this week? Oh boy. Uh, my favorite stack. I got a bunch of them, but I mean, aside from we'll, we'll throw the, the lions in Minnesota game aside. I mean, being a Detroit lions guy, but that one is, is kind of chalky, right? And when you look at Tennessee playing Jacksonville, that one's kind of interesting as well, too. When you look at Tannehill, uh, Jacksonville 25th overall against opposing quarterbacks, he's very doable, very cheap, you know, in terms of, of price tags, six, seven on FanDuel, five, two on DK. When you look at Derrick Henry, I mean, nine grand on FanDuel, seven, nine, on DK. When you look at Derrick Henry, he averages over the last, I think, 11 games against Jacksonville. He averaging about 19.4 carries a game, 103.9, let's just call it 104 yards a game, and 1.3 touchdowns a game. So by 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 those standards, Derrick Henry is what? Guaranteed around 100 yards, guaranteed a touchdown. I mean, that's just easy peasy. And when we go down to the wide receivers, you know, Robert Woods, Bobby Trees, as people used to say, they don't say that anymore because he's kind of been a ghost, right? This isn't Halloween, but Robert Woods, Jacksonville, 26th overall against opposing wide receivers. Robert Woods, 5'8 on FanDuel, uh, 4'5 on DK, only 12 bucks on Yahoo. I have Robert Woods, six, six, seven targets, four, five care, or excuse me, receptions for about 50 yards. And it gets interesting at the tight end position. I'm sure, you know, I don't know how you guys play DFS when it comes to tight ends, but I punt tight ends. I have since day one and I continue to do that because there's so many other juicy options. And let's talk about Chig, Chig Okonwo for a moment here. When you look at him uh, he's 4-8 on FanDuel 2-7 on DK only 10 bucks on Yahoo this guy leads all tight ends in the NFL with, with he I think he has three receptions of 40 yards or more not even Travis Kelsey has done that granted Kelsey hangs 100 yards in a touchdown every game but for that one simple little uh, fact here Chig uh, is off and running here and folks are going to say well what about Austin Hooper play all four of them I mean what's it matter it's week 14 we're getting wild things are getting crazy not everything to be fair nothing makes sense 
anymore. So personally, I like the Tennessee Titans. I have them beating Jacksonville. Over-under is about 41 and a half points in that one. And I think Tennessee can hang 28 points easily. Therefore, you know, Jacksonville would be on the hook for like 10, 15 points or so. I think Tennessee gets it done. They score three, four times. And I believe, you know, Henry will get one. Robert Woods get one. And then if Chick can, can score a touchdown, that would be perfect. So Tennessee is my favorite stack of the afternoon. Are you a, a guy who traditionally runs things back and, and grabs a guy from the other side? Yeah, you can do that too. And when you look at that, I have uh, numerous people. I, I, you probably hear the paper filing. I'm a paper guy, uh, if you don't know. When you look at the Jacksonville side of things, Marvin Jones Jr., Zay Jones. I would run that stack back with those two uh, wide receivers, Zay Jones, when you look at him. Tennessee, dead last, 32nd overall against opposing wide receivers. And Zay has, uh, we, we've seen him go up and down, up and down, and the consistency has been the issue with Zay. And when you look at him, 6'3 on FanDuel, 4'7 on DK, 19 bucks on Yahoo. I have Zay, seven, eight targets, five, six receptions, 50 yards. And if he can find the end zone, that would be beautiful. And Marvin Jones Jr., just people gloss over him. And I get it, right? He He's had his hey, he's his moment in the sun with the Lions or when he was back with Cincinnati. But Marvin Jones Jr. is one of the, the sneakier plays here. We're going to see, what, four or five targets, three or four receptions, about 35 or 40 yards. But what are the chances Marvin Jones Jr. gets ab- above or over this defense and scores a 25, 35-yard touchdown? And his price tag, five four on FanDuel and three eight on DK it would be a beautiful thing so let's stack up Tennessee and let's run it back with Zay Jones and Marvin Jones Jr. when everybody on earth is going to want to run it back with Travis Etienne right and Chris as somebody who watches a lot of Detroit games I really value your opinion Um, what's been going on with DeAndre Swift because his value on the DFS sites seems to have never really wavered too much but the touches just don't seem to be there. As somebody who watches probably a lot of those games, what's going on with that situation? Well, I have a few opinions here. We're going to have, do you have like 45 to, to 50 minutes allotted here so I can speak <laughs> about the Lions? But when we look at DeAndre Swift, uh, it, it started, this whole thing started off as a, like an injury thing, right? He got hurt and we're like, everybody in Detroit, I got the autographed jersey hanging back there. We we're like, up oh, here we go again, right? And he was supposed to, everybody said, well, after the bye week, in like, what was that, week seven, week eight, after the bye week, he's going to be good to go. After the bye week, still no Swift. And then we get Deuce McAllister, our you know assistant head coach, and running backs coach start to question uh, DeAndre Swift's, you know, his toughness, his manhood, things like that. Because if you remember, all the way back in the summer, DeAndre Swift on hard knocks was was yeah. feeling himself. He put the visor on. He had the gloves hanging from his mouth. I'm going to do. I'm going to put up a thousand yards rushing, a thousand yards receiving, and yet he he can't stay on the football field. And by by all means, you know, I, I don't know uh, how hurt he was or how sore he was. That's his body, not mine. But in a way, uh, I think it was fair of Deuce McAllister, and then. All the fans got by question this kid's toughness here. Well, you, you want to do X, Y, and Z, but you can't stay on the field. And it looked like right fresh off the bye week, he was good to go. And he was the one who pulled back and goes, ah, I don't feel like playing today, right? Like one of those kind of kind of guys. And th- those are the worst kind of people, those divas, those I want what I want when I want it. And I don't think Swift is a diva or calling his own shots here by any means. But there was, I, I think it got to be a, uh, not an ego thing, but he was kind of in his own head. It was a confidence thing, let's say. And when you look at him, 
him the last few weeks. Last I looked, his his the points per touch, at least on DraftKings, was like unlike anybody else that was playing. His points per touch was like 8.48 kind of points. So every time the kid touched the ball, he was guaranteed you know X amount of points here. But in the meantime, Jamal Williams came in here and just started pounding the ball. Come to find out, Jamal Williams leads the league in touchdowns. That's crazy. I think he's got like 13 something like that. So Jamal Williams just being able to pound the ball north and south was was a great move for a team like the the Lions. So like like this blue collar, we're gonna go to work, right? Running north and south, we're gonna pound between the tackles. When DeAndre Swift, you can still see him not want to hit the hole. He's always trying to go to the outside, and before you know it, he's run 10 yards, but it's right straight to the to the sideline here. So it's a confidence thing, and I think that the idea of running in between the guards or the tackles maybe was a little bit scary to him. He didn't want to hurt his, his the soft tissue injury to begin with in his thigh or his ankle or his calf here. So once DeAndre Swift uh, picks up that, you know, gets that confidence back, and once he gets that first hit, you know, they always say, you never know how you're going to act act in a fist fight until you get punched in the face first. So hopefully they can get that, that, that big hit out of the way early on, and then the nerves are gone, and you're ready to rock here. So to me, there was a confidence thing, and it was an idea of, of not wanting to go north and south, but rather try to the sidelines and get the edge because his whole life he's been the fastest kid on the field and he can make that edge. He can blow out guys once he gets down the sideline. But this is the NFL, baby. I mean, everybody's quick. Everybody's fast. So it's nice to see DeAndre Swift kind of getting back into the in the into the groove of things. A perfect time for him and the Detroit Lions. Uh, speaking of, of running back and two-headed monsters, I, I'm sure you're likely staying away from these guys. Um, but if you were to play a Dallas running back, who are you kind of leaning towards? Well, I, I think it would have to be – I know this is going to be shocking because everybody else is probably saying the same thing. But when you look at at, uh, at Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard, right now uh, they have a, a perfect – they have a perfect – perfect one-two punch. Tony Pollard, Zeke Elliott. When you look at their price tags though, the difference is, you know, Tony Pollard is 7-5 on FanDuel. Zeke Elliott is $8,000 on FanDuel. So there's a $500 difference. So you're telling me I can get a guy like Tony Pollard who you know, can take a to take a swing route to the house on a, on a little you know reception something like that. Zeke Elliott has had his uh, he's still I don't want to speak of him like he's dead or something like that. But when you look at Tony Pollard, I would prefer him because in today's day and age, especially in Week 14, that $500 can go a long way when you're trying to stack up the best wide receivers in the game because the slate is just, just very strange from a running back position. So give me Tony Pollard and on a whim, I know you didn't. Well, you asked me about Dallas uh, running backs here. What about this kid? Malik Davis here. He scored last week, you know, in garbage time in a blowout. It was like a 29-yard touchdown or something like that. If you're going to play in these big GPPs, like 150,000 other people here, I think he's worth a, worth a, worth a shot here. Da- Houston, dead last 32nd against, you know, opposing running backs here. And I have Dallas, realistically, to just absolutely wail on Houston. I What I have the final score is I have, you know, Dallas to win this thing like 38 to 17, or 38 to 10. Some No, 35 to 10. Yeah, so what what, what are the chances we see Malik Davis in the fourth quarter? And what are the chances he pounds one in? And then his price tags, the dirt cheap 4-2 on uh, FanDuel and 4, yeah, 4-2 on FanDuel, 4-2 on DK and 10 bucks on Yahoo, Tony Pollard, and in, in some sort of salary relief kind of issue, Malik Davis, if you're going to max enter the big GPPs or the Millie Maker. Well, I mean, crazier things have happened here, boys. So uh, speaking of Dallas, is are they kind of your – you're playing them at defense or is there somebody else you're looking at here? 
Uh, there's a whole handful of them, and, and Dallas is it, Dallas was one of them earlier in the week, and now you know how this thing goes. You know, sports betting, everybody shares their screenshots, and you know everybody wants the the new hottest opinion, and they share it on social media. And before you know it, Dallas has become you know 30% owned, and there's not not no movement to be made. There's no money to be made with Dallas in that one. I like the Kansas City defense as well against Denver. That one is going to be chalky as well when you're looking at the price tags. But again, I have Kansas City to win 38 to seven. 35 to 7 so we go from there I love Tennessee as well as I said I don't know when it happened but I'm like way into digging on Tennessee right now and there's something pulling me into the direction of this Cleveland Cincinnati game we know Chubb and Mixon they're going to go at it Joe Burrow has finally you know found a new level finally this kid is playing well I love the idea of Cincinnati's defense as well because they have some or last I looked they have some pretty you know ball hawking kind of safeties in that secondary where maybe you know Deshaun Watson isn't uh, isn't the the, the prince or the king that we were promised. He looked not good last week, and what do you want? He hasn't played in so much time, and Cincinnati is, is kind of you know scratching and clawing to stay in this playoff race, and Joe Burrow is playing well, and I think that's going to translate very well on the defensive side of the ball in the battle for Ohio. I couldn't be any less interested in Ohio or the battle of Ohio, but I like Cincinnati as well. And one other one, just like off the beaten path, if I could here, Carolina makes for a nice little move. We know they're in Seattle, you know, and, and Geno Smith is just a happy-go-lucky, feel-good story, and I firmly, I love that for, for Geno Smith and Seattle here, but Carolina uh, has a, a defensive line and a couple ends here that can crash, and d does Geno Smith turn back into a pumpkin for only one game? Uh, as it stands now, he leads the league in, in a lot of stuff, or he's like top three, top five you know, at the quarterback position in a ton of stuff here, but to me, Carolina makes for a nice little sneaky move, and they're, and they're dirt cheap if you wanted to pivot away from Dallas, who is obviously you know the, the cash game god at DF or at DST this week. That's yeah. a that's a sneaky weird game this week. That Panther Seahawks game. Whether you're looking at it from that, we're looking at it from gambling perspectives. Uh, I wanted to ask. I don't know if you're going to get there. I wanted to ask about. Yeah, obviously the game of the week this week. If you're looking to maybe sneak some guys in, would you think of maybe? And we mentioned this a little bit earlier. Uh, when it came to like some anytime touchdown stuff or some like low, if you're looking at just like prop bets with some lower number guys, but most certain Wilson against a very, very bad defense against the run in the Chargers. Um, maybe, and I think Waddle and Hill today could have huge, I think, you know, Hill could have a huge game as Waddle as well. They have their, especially with the underneath stuff, the Chargers defense is horrendous at covering those types of things. Do you think those are some good options with the Miami offense to bounce back after getting roughed up last week? Absolutely, and I don't, it's Sunday Night Football. I don't want to give too much away because I, I got it right after this. I'm going to record my Sunday Night Football DFS video, so I'll give you a sneak preview of this thing. I have Miami and the Chargers to really go at it right there. Right now, the over/under is at 52 and a half, or at least it opened there, and I have a final score being around 27 to 24. So we're, we're looking at about you know six, seven total touchdowns in this one. And if you're like me, I just sit around with a pen and a paper and I daydream and I write things down. You know, I just however however it may be. And when you look at, at Mostert or Jeff Wilson, I love both from a DFS perspective because the Chargers, 29th overall against opposing running backs as it stands right now. Who's going to get uh, more work? I think we're, we're looking at like nine or ten carries a piece for each guy. And, you know, there's not a lot of receptions to go around with the likes of Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle there and even Mike Gusecki. I can't believe I used the, the Mike Gusecki term, but to me, the idea of, of Miami hanging 28 points or 31 points, meaning they score for a touchdown 
rounds. I think Tua makes for a nice little MVP captain spot kind of thing in in single game slates. Or if you're you're a, a wild man degenerate like I am, you know you play that whole uh, Thursday through Monday slate. It's even more tough because you have every game that's played there, 13, 14 games, including Thursday night, uh, Sunday night, and Monday. The anytime touchdown bets in this one could go all over the map. Austin Eckler is a must have. He will score a touchdown. I mean that's just like kind of set in stone. He's eight thousand eight hundred bucks. You know, on the main slate, uh, single game slates, he's a much higher fourteen, fifteen thousand, if I'm not mistaken. But the 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 kind of the flow I've seen for this game is well, you know, Justin Herbert finally he'll have everybody back. Keenan Allen will be there. Uh, Mike Williams will be there. But I want Josh Palmer instead because I want to be you know contrarian and, and hip and cool. Regardless, Justin Herbert is just a, a stone cold stud. He gets it done. So without Keenan, without Michael Allen, you know, Josh Palmer, DeAndre Carter are guys that need to be on our radar. And personally, if you're going to be playing the single game slate, you know, Palmer is a must have. Gerald Everett is a must have. Just based on the DVP that we're seeing here. Even Isaiah Spiller, the rookie uh, at running back, makes for a nice little move here because Miami 17th overall against opposing running backs. On the Miami side of things, yeah, we can. could we pencil in uh, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle for touchdowns? Absolutely. So, so far we got Hill, we have Waddle, we have Austin Eckler, anytime touchdowns. I would imagine, you know, five bucks would net you, I'm going to guess 50, 60 bucks just based on those three guys there. And if you wanted to get a little silly, get a little strange throw in Jeff Wilson Jr. anytime touchdown that'll probably bump you up to 1200 bucks you want to get really crazy uh, pump in uh, Joshua Palmer there and I'm I'm willing to bet ten dollars on those five or six guys to score a touchdown we're talking thousands of dollars and again it's not that off the map given my final score that I have in this game we're looking at six or seven total touchdowns where are they going to come we have Hill we have Waddle we have Austin Eckler that's three we're looking for three more touchdowns let's add in Jeff Wilson you know let's add in you know all, all these other guys so let's take a risk and put in an anytime touchdown bet for like four or five guys that I think we're going to be okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I think they're going to run the ball much more this week, Miami, after Mike McDaniel forgot how to do it last week. So you mentioned uh, the, the the tight end from Tennessee, uh, somewhere where you're kind of saving a little bit of cash. Uh, what other tight ends are you kind of considering? I mean, I know you mentioned Kelsey Andrews type guys, but uh, where else do you think would be a, a good place to go? Well, this this is weird for me because, you know, Greg Dulwich, Denver's playing Kansas City. Kansas City's 11th overall against opposing tight ends. And I, I even mentioned it in Bottom of the Barrel, which I pu- I published a tight end portion uh, yesterday afternoon. I just don't see it with Greg Dulwich. I mean, the kid's got all the talent in the world, but Russ Wilson has been just awful, right? It, it's like, how bad is Russ? I, I did that whole joke in the article. How bad is Russ Wilson? I said it like three or four times, and I backed it up with some weird pun or like actual statistics here. So Greg Dulwich, 5-4 on FanDuel 3-4 on DK. I mean, by if you had just a serviceable quarterback, Greg Dulwich would be a nice move. Five, six targets, four receptions, 40 yards. In a game where I said, you know, Kansas City is going to hang dang near 40 points in comparison to uh, Denver's like seven to 10 points. And I'm not kidding there. I've already put in Kansas City minus 30. You know, I've teased this thing up. So to me, Greg Dulwich just isn't on my radar. But yet I mentioned him in the article. I mentioned him on the show, maybe just to appease folks, because I know everybody, you know, is really high 
eye on, on Greg Dulwich this week. But as we go down, Evan Ingram is a nice move from the, from the, the game opposed sideline from Tennessee. Jacksonville, Ingram, 5-1 on FanDuel, 3-3 on DK. Ingram got two, what, two, three touchdowns this season. He did well last week. I mean, Jacksonville got blown out in Detroit, but he st- still scored a touchdown. We're looking at Evan Ingram, four or five targets, three, four receptions, about 30 to 35 yards. Uh, Isaiah Likely is another kid in, in Baltimore, right? The Ravens and everybody, the, the first, I've gotten a lot of, uh, you know, nasty deal. Why would you play Isaiah Likely? Mark Andrews is is is, is active and Lamar is out and it's and it's Tyler Huntley. What are you, an effing fool? You're a dummy? Well, I've made a kind of a living on being an effing fool and a dummy right in this DFS stuff because I've always kind of gravitated towards the, the backups play with the backups, right? You know, you get Lamar Jackson getting all the reps in the world with Mark Andrews, but what was Tyler Huntley doing in those practices? He was probably getting in reps with the, with the young kid Isaiah Likely, who, even with Lamar Jackson, has looked pretty good. And when you look at Likely, 4-6 on Fandle, only 2-7 on DK, bare minimum on Yahoo, 10 bucks. Three, four targets, two, three receptions, 20, 25 yards. And who's to say one of those receptions isn't a 20 yard touchdown uh, all in itself here? When we look at Baltimore at Pittsburgh, 37 and a half total points over under, it's very low. And these two teams absolutely hate each other. Same division. They uh, Seriously, they if you gave these guys swords and, and bats, they would probably beat the hell out of each other on the football field. But this one here, I have it a very tight game. I have Pittsburgh winning this one like 17 to 14, 20 to 7. So touchdowns, you're looking at three to four total touchdowns in this game. And who's to say that Isaiah likely doesn't score one of those after, you know, we're starting in the second, it's six to six to three as we start the second half. And we're like, where's all this offense going to come from? What's going to happen? And Isaiah likely sneaks one in late in the third or early in the fourth quarter. And boom, he's in our DFS lines. Be a nice little boost given the price tag. Cash that under, baby. (laughs) If you're looking to save some money at QB, where are you going this week? Because I was looking at Jared Goff, and early on in the season, they're putting up 30 or 40 points, and things are looking good with, with Goff, and then all of a sudden he turtles and disappears. Now it seems like he's back again. What What's going to change, or is he going to put up a clunker here? What's What's his MO going to be like? Well, when it comes to Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions here, I mean, being in Detroit the last, like, uh, seriously, soon as the clocks went zero on the Jacksonville game, uh, they were already, Ford Field is, is sold out today. They've already started, they started maybe, I think, Wednesday, you know, selling a standing room only tickets. Ford Field is going to be uh, amped up. I mean, to say the least, the, the, the dome might pop on that thing. And to be honest with you, the defense, you know, they, they pick up a lot of that stuff, all the, the all the you know, the rah and all the nonsense from, from the, the fans here in Jared Goff, as it stands right now, is is running hot. This kid got all the confidence in the world, and we've seen him. Jared Goff is a very, I would say, a capable quarterback is kind of an insult. This guy can play. This guy can sling the ball. He's got the arm on him, so there's just no way he puts up a clunker uh, in Detroit this afternoon. We look at Minnesota, 26th overall against opposing quarterbacks, and, and Jared Goff, 7-1 on FanDuel, 5-6 on DK. I'm thinking 270 yards on like 24-25 completions. I think him and Kirk combined throw the ball 60, 65 plus times in this one with a little bit of uh, of Cook in there, Jamal and DeAndre Swift in there as well. So Jared Goff with a clunker, absolutely not. 270 and a couple touchdown passes. That's what I have is kind of a, the two touchdown passes could be a floor here, especially if they get DeAndre Swift going. They could swing him the ball outside and we, we've seen him. I, I, we went on a whole, I went on a whole thing with DeAndre Swift at the beginning of the broadcast. But to me, Tyler Huntley makes for a nice play. We've seen his 
upside in terms of rushing yards. Pittsburgh 24th overall against opposing quarterbacks, but that's quarterbacks that pass the ball. When it comes to quarterbacks that run the ball and like to move outside, Pittsburgh is like, they're lost. They're like a deer uh, in the headlights here. And we've seen Huntley kind of with the same MO in seasons past, filling in for Lamar Jackson. So Mike White is also another one. Nobody's talking about the Jets and Mike White because they see the opposing team. They're in Buffalo. Buffalo is a a, a monster. They are what? What top three best teams in the league, Kansas City, you know, and and Buffalo here. Don't let that, don't let that kind of stuff deter you uh, when you're playing DFS or when you're, you're doing some sports bet. Mike White has that. I can't believe I'm going to say this. He has that, that it fact. I've seen that it factor that I love in a, in a DFS quarterback, the same vein as, as, as uh, Tyler Heineke. There is no tomorrow. He's not the starting quarterback. We need you right now, Mike White. And he is going to do whatever it takes to kind of get the ball down the field. He will lunge and do a backflip and break his spine just to get across the plane uh, to, to score a touchdown for his team. So to me, Mike White playing in Buffalo is a very sneaky move. 6-8 on FanDuel, 5-5 on DK. And again, Buffalo, seventh overall. And yeah, will Buffalo win this game? To be fair, yes. But to also to be fair, who knows how this game slices out because Buffalo and the Jets, again, hate each other, same division. Buffalo's run away with the Patriots and Buffalo have run this division for how many years here? And the Jets uh, will fall short. But I have the Jets to hang 20 points, 21 points in here. So to me, Mike White is sneaky. I mentioned uh, Ryan Tannehill. And if you want to get just off your rocker, off the map, well, let's take a look at Brock Purdy. San Francisco is playing Tampa Bay. We saw Tampa on primetime the other day. Uh, they they didn't look good on offense. How many three and outs? How many nonsense? And then the last like two minutes of the game. And then we get into the whole, is the NFL scripted? Uh, you know, Ingram went out shy. Granted, he was hurt. But then that opened things up. And Brady scored twice quickly. And is it scripted? That you know, who, I don't know. I don't care about that stuff. But to me, Brock Purdy uh, showed some stones. He showed some gusto last week when he was called upon after... Uh, Jimmy G was hurt, so Brock Purdy, d- dead cheap, 6-5 on FanDuel, 5-1 on DK, looking at 20 completions, 220 yards, and about 4 or 5 carries for another 15 yards, so on yardage alone, you're looking at 230, 240 all-purpose yards, and, and what does he do uh, with the ball in the air? Is it a Kittle day? Uh, is it a Debo Samuel day? And we, fr- we forget to mention that Debo Samuel, yes, he's a wide receiver, and Brandon Ayuk as well, but how many times have we seen the San Francisco quarterback, all you got to do is flick the ball 5 yards and get it in these guys' hands and they do the rest. So to me, that, that is still a touchdown pass. Five yards on a slant to Debo Samuel and he takes it 70 yards to the house. Still counts for Brock Purdy's uh, box score to me. So Brock Purdy, let's kick the tires on that one and see what we got with the young kid. Uh, what was he? Iowa State Cyclone. Let's see what we get. Mr. Irrelevant, no more. Couple more questions here for you. Is there a home run guy that you're definitely getting into as many lineups as you can today? Yeah, it's Amonra St. Brown, and I, I promise you it has nothing to do with my Detroit Lions fandom. When you look at uh, at what Amonra has done, he is, uh, I don't want to say that Amonra is the Detroit Lions offense, but we've seen them, I mean, it's pretty clear, we've seen the Detroit Lions just feed this kid, and Minnesota's 29th overall against opposing wide receivers. So to me, Amonra could be looking at, at around the same kind of targets and yardage and, and scoring plays as Justin Jefferson, as Jamar Chase, as 
these top tier high end wide receivers. So to me, Amon Ross St. Brown is literally in every line that I can get because to me, you know, you, you look at it from a from a, a risk standpoint. If I get this guy in, right? If I put in what I say, if I put Brock Purdy in, what are the chances he's going to get me a goose egg or negative points or you know five points? And then we get into the whole mathematics thing of of value. I mean, how many points did he finish with? And you subtract it by the price tag and all that stuff. Amon Ross St. Brown at his at his current price tag on Fanduel at least eight thousand six hundred bucks is a slam dunk home run just based on the way this offense is going, uh, based on the way that Minnesota Vikings, their excuse me, the lack of the Minnesota Vikings secondary and what they can do, and the the Lions are going to be playing with a full deck on offense today. You know what I mean? I'm talking Penny Sewell. Their offensive line is going to be rolling. Swift, Jamal Williams, DJ Shark, and the young kid Brock White at tight end. After they got rid of, of TJ Hawkinson, so to me, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, we're looking at double digit targets. We're looking at eight, nine, nine receptions. Are we going to see 130 yards and two touchdowns? If you remember in the past, I came across a tweet of, uh, of I think it was somebody mentioned Golden Tate, and Golden Tate retweeted it in the times that Golden Tate just beat the shit out of Minnesota. Score did that backflip in overtime in Minnesota. Golden Tate and Amon Ross St. Brown and Amon Ross, uh, they, they kind of, I look at them the same, right? There's one kid's young, one kid's just out of the league, guys out of the league here, but Amon Ross St. Brown, those kind of receivers just absolutely wail on Minnesota, and Jared Goff, the way he's playing, is going to look his way a ton of time. So give me a Monra St. Brown uh, as an absolute home run DFS play this afternoon. And then last thing that I have here for you, is there any prop bet that you're just throwing, making sure you're throwing down today? Yeah, I have them. Uh, I have several probably about a dozen saved in my camera roll. Let me bring one up because I did some yesterday. I was at the, not at the dentist, but I was at the, the dealership getting some stuff done to the car. And I made this one where uh, the one earlier in the week, I, I do want to mention as well, where it was like uh, Dallas Cowboys minus 24 points, you know, Kansas City minus 30 and a half points. That one, you, you get, you can get that one at like plus like th- 350 to one. So $1 would net you like 350 bucks. That one is a, you know, if you got five bucks, you got a dollar, you want to toss a dollar on in, in on that, you know, run with it. But th- this one as well, let me try and bring it up. Here it is right there. Uh, it, it's uh, six legs. If you want to write it down, I'll go slow because I think this one is, is plus 80. So it's like 80 to one odds here. Uh, Dante Foreman, 90 plus yards, uh, rushing yards. I think that is is pretty pretty sweet when you look at Seattle 31st overall in, in rushing yards. DJ Moore in that same game over 51 and a half receiving yards. TJ Hawkinson, uh, the former Lion, now a Viking, over four and a half receptions. So five receptions for TJ. You're going to cash in on that one. Tony Pollard, over 14 and a half receiving yards. We're talking w- one catch and he's gone for 20. And that one hits Josh Allen. Uh, we look at him rushing yards over four. At the time, it was 41 and a half. I think it's been bumped up to 43 and a half rushing yards. Either way, I'm going to take that Buffalo quarterback, Josh Allen, over 43 and a half rushing yards. And then Miles Sanders in, in for the uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, over 73 and a half rushing and receiving yards combined. I think that's a great parlay. I got that one locked in yesterday at plus uh, 8,064. So $1 will get you back like almost 81 bucks. You put 10, you're looking at 800, and we go from there. That's the way I'm thinking of it, boys. All right. I do appreciate it, Chris. Uh, tell, tell, tell everybody one more time uh, where we can find you. 
Yeah, you could find me on Twitter at Detroit Beastie. All my stuff is shared there, you know, and sometimes my cat and the Christmas tree now, you know, you never know what you're going to get from Beastie. The actual, that is my actual cat here. And then all my DFS stuff is at Team Riser Fall. Look for the Sunday Night Football DFS video. Miami's playing the Chargers in LA at SoFi Stadium tonight. And I believe about 820, that video will be out in an hour or so, right after main lock. And uh, it's all there at, at Team Riser Fall. So get there. I'll be there or be square, as they say. What The Sandlot kids, yeah. Elsa. And wiener i think they used to say and i guess one more i guess this is our always our last uh question other than your team's game what game are you watching today Ooh, that's a great question. You know what? I was going to say Jacksonville, Tennessee, but I kind of hammered that one home. Carolina, Seattle is a beautiful game. I like the, I mean, all of them, to be honest with you, but if I had to choose just one, it would probably be the Giants and Buffalo. I just want to see what, what are the Giants up to? Are they for real? They have a nice little record. They bench their, their Zach Wilson because he stunk. Mike White is their quarterback now. Uh, everybody on earth expects Buffalo to win, including me, but let's see what the Jets are about. Are they going to fold? Are they going to lose by double digits? Are they going to just kind of completely lay down and die? Or are they for real? Because as it stands right now, uh, it, it, they control their own destiny. If they can win some games here, they'll get into the playoffs. And the AFC is an absolute bitch with, with Kansas City and Buffalo here. But I'm interested to see what the Jets are about. Are they for real? Because the Lions play the Jets ne- next week uh, in, in New York at MetLife Stadium. So they're a little vested interest. But I, I like to see what the Jets are up to today in Buffalo. Yeah, that. That's a that's a good short shot. Go go, Deej. No, I was just going to tell Chris we do uh, appreciate him coming on board. Uh, the wealth of knowledge we're driving it. Having read your stuff, read you know, looking at at your your pieces of paper you put on uh, social media every week, and then hearing you talk about it, it's uh, no, I'm I'm a notebook guy too. Um, but it's definitely a, a great insight and we do appreciate having you and um, open door invite anytime you want to come aboard, just send us a message. We, we would love to have you. Thanks so much. I'll take you up on that one of these days. So be good, be safe. And uh, maybe I'll see you next week, boys. Thanks for having me. See you, Chris. All right, boys, before we head out, what games are you guys watching today? The, the one I got teed up the most in my mind really is the, but it's going to be ugly, but let's get it. Bucks, Niners, so many questions that we're going to have answered today. I think the Bucks are awful, but we're going to find out, you know, how comfortable Brock Purdy still is. Uh, other than that, that Vikings-Lions game is very interesting because the Lions, Lions are going to still feel like they've got a shot, you know. So a Lions win today would go a long way in, in, in helping them feel like they can still get in. Chris? Browns Bengals, I think, should really be interesting because you want to see what's Watson look like after a week of shaking off the rust. You also want to see what the Bengals are able to do coming off a game where now they do have a lot of attention on them. Um, people are looking at them in a different way than they did uh-huh. before because of last week. So. How do they respond? Are they a team that thinks they're the top of the world, or is this a little bit of a letdown game for them? Another game too, where a Browns win, they're they are they are live in and that remain, and remain the lineal champions of the world. That is true, lineal championship belt. But yeah, man, the, that the Browns are as alive as ever, especially with how the bottom of the AFC wild card race. The Jets lose today. The Browns can have a banner day, a Browns win, plus think of all the teams in front of them could lose that are meaningful. 
Jets, Chargers, Patriots tomorrow. Big day for the Browns. Go Jets. Go Dolphins. Go Browns. Yes. Um, I know that cheering for the Dolphins is weird because they're right on the Chiefs' tail, but uh, Chiefs clinched the division with uh, with win a win loss. And, and before Chris sends us home, I, I do want to bring down the excitement a little bit. Um, I, I one of the important things why we started this is to use our platform for good things, um, raising money for charity, stuff like that. Um, I had a, a friend uh, on Thursday evening uh, pass away uh, from suicide, and I just want to say there there is help. Um, you can send a text message to 988. There's the hotline. Hell, you can send us a message on social media if you need somebody to talk to. Um, I hate to bring the show down, but I think this is important to bring even more awareness than there is now. Um, there's help there. Like I said, send us a message on social media. We don't care. We're here to help anybody who needs help with anything. Um, just know that there's always somebody out there. Um, this is now a family without a mom, a wife, a daughter. Um, so if you need something, reach out. Even if you need, like like I said, even if it's just an ear, you want to talk about fantasy football, you want to talk about something just to get your mind off of whatever's going on in your life. You know, reach out to somebody. Don't, don't, yeah. It, it sucks to see all the people writing on the Facebook, on Facebook after it's too late. And I, I don't, you know, I reached out to a lot of people because I know that people just, sometimes you just need to know that your friends love you. And so I'm sorry to bring it down, but I think it's important to use our platform to make sure um, that we're raising awareness for things that are important. No, that's a good thing to do, DJ, because a lot of things go unsaid. And yeah, that's that's as important as anything in life is making sure people understand those things. So just thank you to everybody for taking some time to uh, spend your morning with us. Um, I think it's one of those things that we look forward to every week, just having some fun, getting to hang out, talk about football. And it, it's important to not only realize that um, those, you know, things that we get wrapped up in are important, but there are larger things going on at the same time, too. Uh, with everything that DJ said earlier about the Toys for Tots and the reaction we got, the people so willing to share their hard-earned dollars, um, not just for fun, but for a good cause. It shows that our community is made up of good people who care about things and not just themselves. They care about giving back to the people around them and making the community stronger and better because of it. And we thank you all for taking your time to spend with us and sharing the wealth of um, just your kindness and your goodness with us too. All right. Well, everybody, again, I'm sorry for bringing it down at the end of the show, but it's important. Um, needs to be said. Good luck, everybody, in their Week 14 matchups. Again, thank you to Chris for for hopping on and, and talking about DFS. That was that was awesome. Um, Joe will be back uh, for his educated ignorance shows uh, with his tag team partner. I, I assume Nick Brinks, uh, who's got some family stuff. Again, just keep in mind we'll be back next week. Then we'll take a week off uh, for Christmas. So, um, duh. 
No, but, yeah, that I for, I totally forgot that Christmas yeah. is on a Sunday. Santa Claus. Well, yeah, and the games are on Saturday, so uh, Santa Claus is coming to town, but we will not be. I might um, have to rip. I might have to rip off a, a Christmas Eve live show in the morning. You know, maybe we could do a uh, a, a nice little Christmas album like the Eagles' offensive line. I can't sing, but uh, auto tune, man. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, good luck to everybody again. Joe will be back. I know that Chris, Zach, and Nick Bull. Uh, they're going to be live uh, tonight at 8 p.m. Uh, for Card Subject to Change, uh, our wrestling podcast. So tune into that. Uh, but uh, we'll see you next week.